Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of The Brink, the Brinkalicious, most awesomest podcast you will ever hear this side of whatever side of whatever you are in right now. It is episode 21 of The Brink Reboot, bringing to you an Easter Monday edition of the show, even though you might be listening to this on another day that isn't Easter Monday, just know that we put it out on Easter Monday. There's lots of chocolate that happened on the weekend, lots of hot cross buns. Apparently there was some guy who died and then came back again. Not too sure about that one, but I uh, hope it's been a fun weekend for you and it's going to be a fun episode. We've got plenty to bring you today as always and um, some exciting new stuff as well. We have a uh, classic Forget the Lyrics that we generally bring you. I'm excited to say that we have some classic Forget the Lyrics that are actually new and that have only just been recorded in the last week. We'll get to those more very soon but uh, as always a big shout out to everybody listening across the world. Mountain View again, our California connection. If you're listening please send us in a message. We're still waiting to hear from you. Want to know exactly what brings you to listening to our show but uh, perhaps we'll hear from you one day and one day might be at the end of this episode once you get a very more exciting Brinkalicious podcast through to your ears. Another week of talking about shit and another week of talking about somebody who isn't shit because it's Paul Luttrell and Paul's on the, the line. Paul, that was the weirdest introduction I've probably ever given someone, but welcome back to The Brink. Yeah, it's good to be here. I hope I'm not shit. No, um, well, you're not. It'd be disappointing to, to wake up and find that out. <laughs> I was trying but, to, like, segue into introducing you after basically saying the word shit, and I wasn't necessarily... Yeah. I mean, if it was Dakota, you know, I totally would have gone, and speaking of shit, here is Dakota, uh, <laughs> but this is you and you're not shit, so, yeah, I... I guess I kind of try to get myself out of that. Anyway, uh, we generally talk about Trump and stuff that happened. Now, I just want to point out, last week we recorded our segment and within probably an hour or so of us recording our segment, there was breaking news, Trump bombed Syria, essentially. So we picked the worst time to record this. So literally an hour after us taping this today, uh, North Korea's probably bombed America. So, like, if that has happened, uh, (laughs) our timing, again, is terrible. But, yeah, big news, Donald Trump bombed Syria. Um, I guess there's stuff to talk about there, isn't there? Oh, yeah, lots to talk about. This is, uh, is world-changing stuff, isn't it? It's, uh, this is what happens when you vote for someone who is basically an idiot that doesn't think things through. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the, I think people get it in their head that, the world's kind of this stable place and that nothing really that bad can happen. But there's a lot of uh, dipl- there's a lot in the diplomatic process and it's pretty fragile once you actually get someone in there who is so unpredictable and just, you know, does all this stuff. Now we're basically looking at uh, the US having a war with Syria and North Korea. So, Well, I mean, it's only taken him four months to kind of put us on the brink of World War Three, basically. So uh, did anybody pick that in some sort of straw poll, straw poll before he was uh, sworn in? Like, how long will it take until we're in World War Three with Donald Trump in charge? Yeah, well, it, it looks ominous, doesn't it? Um, I reckon some people did probably predict that. I think the most worrying thing is also that uh, he's not on the best terms with China or Russia now either, so... Yeah, I mean, North Korea, they've got nuclear weapons, but they still don't have the manpower or really the other technological kind of um, advancements really to um, mount a huge challenge. But if you get Russia in there, oh, gee, and you get China... It's, I think that's uh, that's that's pretty ominous. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, look, let's be honest. This isn't the first time you, uh, North Korea have said, oh, we're going to bomb the mainland of America. I mean, this is, I think, count the 1782nd time they've said it and they've never done it. But, I mean, you know, 
it, it's kind of that classic boy who cried wolf scenario, isn't it? It's kind of like it gets to the point where you're like, oh, North Korea, shut up, you know, stop being silly until we literally wake up and, you know, goodbye Los Angeles, you are now a nuclear wasteland. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of... How serious are we taking this? I mean, Trump's kind of sent a whole bunch of warships to the Korean Peninsula. Uh, you know, he seems to be kind of at least, I guess, shirt-fronting the North Koreans. But, I mean, is this something that we should be kind of shitting ourselves at the possibility that this is going to happen? Yeah, well, I think that they've taken... Well, obviously, they've taken the Syrian attack as a, a kind of mark of aggression for the US, and it's them showing off their power or whatever. So they've taken it as a threat almost. North Korea have. Um, yeah, I don't know. This seems like it's a little bit more serious. I think that also they've probably, they've actually developed, um, some nuclear weapons now. I think they've been testing them and they have a fair bit of range now. So in the past, they've obviously haven't really had the, uh, the technology to do anything major. Um, but now it's getting to the stage where they could actually do something. Oh, I don't know. It's it does seem like they're always that it's kind of pa- they're a bit paranoid. I think yeah. North Korea, they're lone wolves in a in a bunch of in a a pool full of um capitalists. So well, I guess kind of I guess I'm reverting back to the whole. Syria. I mean, look, you know, we're not going to get into a discussion about what's happening in Syria. I mean, that's a, an incredibly complex matter that you know it's it is very. There's plenty of good articles and videos online which kind of explains it. And I think I've read and watched a whole bunch of them, and even I still don't understand uh, what the hell's going on over there properly. But basically, I think what Trump bombed an airfield, which I believe didn't even completely take out the airfield. I I heard that they were still launching planes from this airfield later on. Um, I mean, it was interesting kind of the reaction, wasn't it? Because there were many people who applauded this, even some of Trump's staunchest. Like, I think even the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal basically came out and said, look, this is a good thing that he's done this. Plenty of people said it was bad. Uh, you know, it obviously came out during the week that Trump, I think, tweeted back in 2013 saying, we shouldn't do this. Absolutely not. And yet he's done it. Yeah. Um, I mean, what what is this going to mean? Because I think the, the overriding thing about this is that there's really no long-term strategy, is there? It's kind of like, okay, he's bombed them, but what's next? If he's not willing to send in troops and kind of keep going, I mean, like, what was the point of that? Yeah, exactly. It, I don't understand why people are saying, oh, yeah, I'm glad he did it or whatever. Firstly, it was not effective at all. It cost 29.5, was it 29.5 million or 29, 500, no, maybe it was 29.5 billion. Was Possibly. It? There was an alien in there. I couldn't tell you whether it was a bit yeah, or a mer. Surely it couldn't be billion. It would have to be a million. $29.5 million to bomb something. It killed six civilians and the air... Um, it was basically up and running that afternoon again. So it didn't do anything at all. It's killed, needlessly killed six people. And it, all it's doing is showing that the US is the aggressor here. I mean, yes, Assad used chemical weapons. We still don't know exactly what happened there, whether it was him completely being a dick or something's gone wrong. So we don't know at the bottom of that. And all it's going to do is fuel the kind of hatred and whatever that ISIS and, and, and it's basically going to help them recruit. So I don't think it, I hate this knee jerk reaction whenever there's some kind of, um, I don't know, chaos in the Middle East or whatever. And the U S 
intervenes, there's always this kind of knee-jerk reaction of everyone to get on board and say, look, I've got to get behind my president or whatever. No, that's exactly what Trump wants, is essentially distraction, create a war or whatever and that, that gets rallies people behind him rather than actually criticising him and pointing out all of these terrible things that he's still doing during this time, but we're, you know, we're distracted by Syria and now North Korea and... It's kind, of, it's kind of almost like that reverse um, Bush-Iraq scenario, isn't it? When, you know, yeah, Bush yeah. kind of invades Iraq and goes against said, you know, when they talk of having these chemical weapons, which they never did, and then it's the opposite, whereas, like, the US really wasn't doing anything when they clearly do. And it's just, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fascinating how, yeah, people say, like, get behind your president, even when he's like, he's like Donald Trump. But I think, yeah, a lot of it does seem to come down to, uh, you know, Trump, trying to do something to get people to like him, um, which it's it's just interesting. And like, as you said before, uh, kind of the Russian angle of it, you know, here everyone is saying that, you know, Trump and, and Putin are buddies, but clearly Putin not happy about this, Russia not happy about this. Um, and, you know, yeah, as you were saying about sort of the whole North Korean situation, but all of a sudden if you're pissing off Russia and China, I mean, China's kind of there as well. They're not really sort of, I think, what, saying much either way, but, you know... Is this is this the emergence of Cold War 2.0, or I mean, again, are we going to go even worse than WW3? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, well, yeah, Cold War's. I mean, wasn't super eventful, I guess. It's probably why well, it's called the Cold War. But I mean, there were a few crises. Um, this looks like it's more ominous because you've got China involved to some extent as well. The fact that the US are basically taunting China and telling them to sort out the North Korean situation. And whatever, um, and then you've got North Korea. So you do have other countries that have nuclear weapons as well, not just the two powerhouses. Um, yeah, it's it's really really messy and really complex. But I think Trump, everyone's saying, oh yeah, he's buddy buddy with Putin. Trump can't be. Tr- Trump's not really buddies with anyone. Trump is always. I think he's always in any relationship that he's in. He tries to be the dominant party. Mm-hmm. So he's never really on equal footing with everyone. He always seems like he's always trying to be above someone or whatever. And he's probably surrounded by so many yes men and whatever that say everything that he does is great. That's not going to fly with Putin. Putin is not going to be a yes man to, to Trump. Putin's is equal. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't see how they could possibly ever really get along um, and you see here, Trump's just gone off the handle and done something without really consulting anyone. He didn't even try and pass it with Congress, which is the legal way to do it when you're going to, uh, you know, launch missiles into another country. Mm. It's um, Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And then the one that also came out during the week, of course, was uh, our our friend we've talked about a little bit, Sean Spicer, Melissa McCarthy, um, during, during the briefing when basically he tried to compare Assad to Hitler and then said that Hitler didn't use any chemical weapons during World War II. Uh, somebody hand that man a history book, I feel. <laughs> yeah, he's never heard of Zyklon B. What's he going on about? It's, it's, oh, it's ridiculous. He's, this is what happens when you have someone, you pay someone and their job is to basically just deny reality. Mm. Yeah, he's a preposterous man. It's. I mean, it's just... It's just I mean, that's something I feel that is basic knowledge, what happened yeah. in World War II. I, I can imagine you could go to 
extremely uneducated people in parts of this world who yeah. only have a basic understanding of history. And I generally feel the fact that Hitler killed 6 million Jewish people during World War II using gas, as mainly, is pretty yeah. common knowledge. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but I don't know, maybe he just doesn't realise that gas or gassing is using... It was used it was chemicals mm. or, yeah. Who knows? I mean, it, it was it was a huge. I mean, who do you think uh, made the biggest foo-far this week? Uh, Sean Spicer or United Airlines? Oh, uh, <laughs> Spicer makes one pretty much every single week. True, there's always something that he's based. So that's kind of not really out of the ordinary, is it? So let's say United Airlines. It's that, oh, that was. I mean, that was a whole. I guess kind of with that situation, which I mean, with anything like this. You know, there's that general public reaction of disgust and everything that happens. There's always yeah. somebody who mishandles it, which clearly United Airlines did. But now, of course, it's emerging. There are extra things that are coming out for this. And I'm not necessarily just talking about the fact that this doctor guy had a criminal history. I don't think that has anything to do with this situation that we've seen. I mean, so what? The fact of the matter is now that footage has now emerged of what happened before he was dragged off the plane. I don't know if you've seen this or read about this, but essentially it shows that this guy you know, blatantly refused. He was he was asked so many times and he basically said, you're going to have to drag me off and arrest me. Like, he basically said that to the people. And look, again, I'm not defending United Airlines and their approach of how they ultimately got this guy off the plane. But, I mean, it's kind of... There's always that extra element to it that gets added after that initial public outcry, which yeah. then kind of gets soaked under the rug a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you take something out of context like that and you just frame it however you want and you can make any anybody look very bad obviously there was a lot to it that built up to that and in the heat of the moment i mean yeah the people the uh, security probably didn't um act uh, in an ideal manner but you know they're human beings and people do get angry and i can the guys probably taunted them um to the point of yeah of them getting to that uh yeah but overbooking flights this is this is why you need this, better management but this, this is, is, this is the thing though Paul. this is this is just an everyday thing like i've flown plenty of times in the states and this is this always comes over the speaker system you will always hear them say we have yeah. a very full flight if there are any volunteers who wish to give up their seat and go on a later flight, you will be compensated. I mean, like, literally, I think probably 90% of all flights I've caught in the US, you will always hear that. And, like, let's be honest, you're getting well compensated as well. I think the offer for these people ended up being, like, $800 a night's accommodation and you will get on another flight the next day. If you're in no rush and you don't need to be there, you're getting paid to stay a night for free to be on a different flight. I mean, look, I'm willing to take that offer if I'm not in a rush. But, I mean, it's it's still, like, it is it is a very weird sort of um, practice that is done. And, like, apparently I was reading that it, it's actually legal in Australia for them to do it too. They can actually overbook flights, but you don't hear about it that much. But, yeah, in America, that is commonplace. You will always be waiting for a flight and you will always hear that announcement. We are full. We are overbooked. If anybody is willing to give up their spot, blah, 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 blah. Because there's also literally always people on standby. Like, I've been on that standby list before on flights in America and you are there, in essence, hoping that somebody will give up their spot so you get on that flight. Yeah. Uh, well, it, just, it, it sounds like it's uh, them trying to not lose money, essentially, on flights and whatever. But it seems like this is the, the natural conclusion that's going to spring up. You're going to have conflict, essentially. Um, 
But yeah, obviously it does sound like a pretty good deal, but it wasn't a good enough deal to this guy because he's maybe they should have probably adjusted a little bit and and asked if someone else would be willing to do it because this this flight obviously meant a lot to this guy. Well, I think yeah, what uh, what it emerged is is that the four people that they chose, they said like, yep, yeah, you, you know, nobody volunteered. So, you know, they basically had to forcefully choose four people. And when I say forcefully, like three of the people who they said, hey, guess what, sorry, you've been chosen, they all, you know, unwittingly agreed. It was just this one guy who was like, no, I'm staying on this flight. Um, And, like, look, again, they did not handle it well. You should not be dragging a passenger off and leaving him bloodied uh, after it. But, I mean, again, you know, there's a few different sides to, you know, as a journalist, you always learn that there's more than one side to a story. And there clearly was. And that was my viewpoint of this whole situation from the get-go. It's like, look, this is terrible. But... I'm sure there's more to it than security people getting on a plane and forcefully removing someone for no other reason than that. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the world we live in, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, and I think that's, that's... You bring up a good point of just being a journalist and knowing there's another side to the story, but I think that's the problem with kind of one of the many problems. So here, I'm going to sound like an old man now, but one of the many problems with social media and stuff, how it just takes little snippets of things and people get so used to seeing and, and thinking they can take in all the information they need in a meme or whatever, but not realizing that there are layers of um, complexity and whatever that go in, that go into these news stories or into any kind of situation. And I think that it's, to some extent, it's kind of, um, just creating a culture of sound bites. But, You're right, and well, and it's and it's yeah, absolutely. And, and and look, as somebody who's worked in the media, I guess technically well, this is media, isn't it, Paul? Uh, you know, still works in the media. Like, I mean, I think a lot of the media organisations have a lot to kind of answer for this too, because I mean, you work in that competitive industry where like news is happening on the second. It's all about who's going to break the story first and who's getting it out there first. So therefore, a lot of that kind of general stuff that would happen in an, in an average news story gets lost because you know. And look, I, I through what I've done before, uh, I have worked worked on stories where initially the truth of what happens has not been completely told. And when I've tried to sort of do it, I've had editors basically shut me down and say, nope, keep the story how it is. That's what's the point. It's like, well, this isn't the truth. And I've literally been shut down. It's like, well, too bad. And of course, then I'm the person who gets the criticism. I'm the one getting the abuse because I've written the story, even though I know the truth, but my editor is the one who shut me down. So... Yeah, and I think that's that's the problem as well when you've got this really rigid system of like how you present a news story. Politicians and whatever people who work closely with the media, they know the structures yep, of those exactly, stories, how right. they write, yep. and they play up to that and they say whatever they want. They know that you'll choose that soundbite or whatever because that is the most clear and and, and whatever, but it might not necessarily be the most important information. And, or a, And let's a be election. honest, that's why Donald Trump got elected. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, play up to this basically this this structure, the formatting of the media. Well, there you go. Look at that. I feel we came full circle with this segment, Paul. This sounds like it was planned. We we kind of had yeah, you know the beginning, the end, the middle middle content. Like that was educational today. <laughs> yeah, it was that twenty four hour news cycle. That's uh, that's what's going to happen. You basically do something preposterous every twenty four hours, and you dominate the news cycle. There you go. I feel like everybody in society now knows that um, you know Hitler was a bad man, and we also told you about the news. That's what we do on the brink, apparently. Yeah. Paul, it's been fun. It's always fun. And uh, we look forward to our educating topic uh, next week here on the show. Yeah, I look forward to it. 
We always like to bring you a classic life performance, and this week we're going to bring you another one from our very good friend Adam Cousins, who of course has made plenty of appearances on the brink over our history, and plenty of live performances too. This is his version of his song Goodbye that he performed live for us back in 2010. Adam Cousins performing Goodbye on the brink. Listen to this right now. Upon the phone, 
The most time that I spend with you is when you're in my dreams Ah, oh, so it seems Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye again Let's not pretend That it's as easy as we say As we shed our tears and walk out the door I write this letter to you To you, my beautiful friend And there's a ticket enclosed So soon we'll be in each other's arms again So we know that we're gonna see each other again That we're gonna touch each other's skin It'll only be a while till I kiss your smile It'll only be a while till I kiss your smile It'll only be a while till I kiss your smile It'll only be a while till I kiss your smile at the beginning of the show but let me first of all play this for you it's that time of the week to play everybody's favorite game show it's forget the lyrics here on the brink on edge radio over to the studio oh forget the lyrics so exciting now we brought back this segment the other day on high noon our new version of our show which of course you can listen to fridays between 12 and 2 p.m on hobart's edge radio we had a very musical edition dakota and myself did a whole bunch of these forget the lyrics basically the entire good friday episode 13 forget the lyrics we actually did and we thought we'd play a couple of them for you today on the show just because you know we like to bring you forget the lyrics and we also think that they were pretty darn good now the first one that we uh, that we did uh, we did a bunch of solos we did a bunch of duets and uh, one of the solos that I did uh, I was very impressed with Dakota was very impressed with and it was to the Pokemon theme now um, none, that's one that I thought I'd never do but somehow it came across we did it so this is what happened the other day when I did the forget the lyrics to the Pokemon theme oh it gets me excited Dakota looked at me so funny He said, why are you singing this song? You're a massive nerd and you're a stupid idiot Pokemon is so dumb I said, you are stupid in your hat No one wears them anymore Being a massive nerd is so cool in 2017 Not a hipster douche Being a nerd, being a nerd It's really cool I go swimming in all the pools, being a nerd, oh, at Pokemon, it's cool to like with your mum, Pokemon, gotta watch them, it's really fun, being a nerd gets you spanked on the bum, it's so cool and really awesome, being a nerd, being a nerd, yeah! How do you like them apples? You thought I wasn't going to do this? I'm keeping going. 
watching things like Iron Man and all those other Marvel movies. Reading comics gets me all the chicks. They like to pick up on me. Don't even need glasses because I'm hot. Sheldon's got nothing on me. Knock, 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 penny. Knock, 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 penny is a phrase we all say now because it's cool to be a nerd. Being a nerd is cool. Stick it up your bum, Dakota. You thought this would be hard. You're stupid. Oh, in your little hat. No one likes that, even your cat. I don't know if you've got a cat. If you don't, I'm sorry. Go get one and then it will worry. Being a nerd in your face, yeah. Suck it, Dakota. Suck it, Dakota. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. How was that? All right. Suck it. Yeah. In your face! I've, in I've your su- face! Yeah, I've sucked it. Why now? That's a bit. That's a bit full on. I still stand by the fact that that was one of the best ones that we did, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, actually, and we've got plenty more of these to bring you today. So uh, just just get excited for the fact that you're going to hear a lot of singing on today's show. We brought this man back last week because we felt you needed an extra taste of global affairs, and that of course means that New Zealand is part of the world. So we brought Nick Chester back to talk about all things New Zealand, and apparently we brought him back again because both citizens of New Zealand loved hearing from their favourite person, Nick Chester. Welcome back to The Brink. I think we're only just part of the world, but, you know, we, we still count. <laughs> you do. You do. Well, you're about to be blown away, it seems. I mean, every week you're just getting everybody's youth cyclones. I mean, this week you're getting something from, uh, was it New Caledonia or something like that? I mean, what's next? Next week uh, Argentina's going to send you something? I mean, is New Zealand just a dumping ground for ex-tropical cyclones? It's, it feels a bit that way at the moment. We, um, we've been on the re- receiving end of ex-cyclone Cook, <laughs> and um, it's What's really funny to me is like one of the biggest stories that's come out of this is what, how do we name cyclones? You know, because it's like obviously everyone thinks you just name them in alphabetical order. So we had Debbie last week. So how are we back to C already? <laughs> and um, what, what it turns out is it's not as simple as that. You also name them from where they come from. So Australia gets to name theirs and South Pacific gets to name theirs. And um, the two don't talk to each other apparently. No. So that's why you've got a C just after a D. So did New Zealand ever get to name them? <laughs> Poor New Zealand. We never, we never get our own cyclones. This is unfair, bro. I don't know. Maybe they just don't don't start over us, so we don't get to we don't get to name them when they begin. You know, we just get the ass into them. It's just oh, it's uh, like, like I kind of think mentioned last week, didn't I? That oh, New Zealand seems pretty safe. You never get natural disasters, and all of a sudden here you are. It was pretty. It was pretty funny because it's funny because I'm like watching the updates as they're coming in, and um the the our member of parliament who's from one of the areas that's getting the worst battering um and she's also like one of our top ministers she's put on this tweet basically that she's been evacuated from her house because she's too near the beach and it's a bit dangerous near the beach at the moment because of the swells and stuff but the local mayor has offered to put her up at, <laughs> at their place for the night but this, that's the kind of thing that only happens in new zealand though wow that that is that is kind of nice like i mean that wouldn't happen in australia like i couldn't imagine if pauline hansen is getting battered by a cyclone you know like malcolm turnbull's gonna be like oh come on over pauline we'll put a shrimp on the barbie and chill like yeah you know, it's like fuck off let the cyclone take the bitch 
<laughs> yeah, I I think that's probably more likely in that scenario. But yeah, that that's for sure. But no, it's it's been a pretty crazy few days, and you know we're just recovering from Debbie, and and now we we've got another battering on on our hands. But um, it looks like we may touch wood we have gotten off a little bit lightly. So we're we're just keeping our fingers crossed over the next few hours that things are moving off. It, and um, luckily luckily Auckland got off pretty lightly because they were talking about for the first ever time maybe having to close the Auckland Harbour Bridge because oh, of the winds no. were going to be so. Not, yeah. not the iconic Auckland Harbour Bridge. <laughs> I know. And Ben, I did think of you today because they were talking about the winds being so high and I thought, can you imagine me on top of that sky tower oh, today? Oh, now, yeah. Now that was, yeah. That, well, basically, yeah, people would have heard this earlier, like last year when we did this whole piece on us doing the sky tower walk. But I think we mentioned on that our, our first day we were going to do it. They closed it. They said, no, it's too windy. Um, so, I mean, I couldn't imagine that. Like, imagine if that was one of those days they would just relax. Like, I don't know, John was on and he was just relaxed. Like, oh, yeah, bro, it's fine. You know, 200 kilometers an hour, bro. I went out there in 300 kilometers. You'll be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think their cutoff is about 50 kilometers because I think we got up there and it was like circling around about somewhere between kind of like 45 and 50. Yeah. So today it was 160. Oh, shit. Was, was what they were predicting. So, yeah, there was no way you could get up on the top of a building like that. You know, the, the funnest thing about doing that walk is like because people are sort of talking about, like, oh, you know, I wouldn't do that. You know, what was it like? And, you know, I guess it kind of like you shit yourself on the way up there. You kind of get you're like, okay, this isn't as bad as I was thinking. Like you kind of just, you know, I'm not going to lean over it, but okay, it's okay. It's it's when you get to that other side and the wind picks up, that's when I started to shit myself because you're like, okay, this is a bit, you know, scary. And, you know, again, we were up there and it was obviously okay to do, do it. Excuse me. Like, as you said, 45 or so, 50 kilometers an hour, but like a hundred and Jesus Christ, like that is, that is, that's pretty scary. Yeah, that's pretty full on, and um, you know, it's there's a reason why they stop it when it gets too too full on, I suppose. But um, yeah, anyway, so it, it's been been pretty crazy all around the place, and and you know, we'll pick up the pieces tomorrow, and it's kind of put a bit of a dampener on everybody's Easter plans because <laughs> um, they're telling everybody don't travel, and there's going to be roads closed, and so you know, everybody, and basically one of our ministers, his advice was stay home and watch Netflix. <laughs> Is that the official New Zealand government line? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. That is incredible. Oh, yes, citizens of New Zealand, uh, stay home and watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> then, I can imagine the official government warning. Recommended shows include House of Cards, Orange is the New Blick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is awesome. I, I really do need to come to New Zealand more often. <laughs> like, I mean, we don't get that in Australia. Like, I mean, you know, there's always a natural disaster here. Something's burning or there's a cyclone or a spider's going to bite your balls or something like that. Like, you never get Malcolm Turnbull just going, yeah, guys, just stay home and watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, of course, Kiwis are... You know they they don't like to be told what to do, and so everybody's got plans to travel and you know and go somewhere and see somebody over the Easter break. So everybody's like, you can't tell me what the fuck to do. I'm going. I'm getting on the roads and I'm going wherever the hell I want to go. And you know, and 
So they've, they've spent a lot of effort trying to tell people this is actually quite serious. Please don't go out and drive because you will die. And, you know, they have to be quite clear with people because otherwise they just don't get it. So basically, the citizens of New Zealand are teenagers ignoring their parents. Like, Jimmy, don't smoke. Yeah, Fuck you, mum, I'm smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they should have done the opposite. They should have been like, citizens of New Zealand, please travel. Nah, fuck you, mate, I'm watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. That is awesome. Now, look, is we're going to be late to the party when it comes to discussing this. Again, this happened like a month and a bit ago, but hey, we're the brink. We're slow on news. Um, is one of the shows on Netflix, is it Shortland Street? Is that what it's called? Um, it's nowhere near good enough to get on Netflix. It's not Come good on. enough. Now, I don't know. A lot of people probably already saw this, but uh, your your great soap opera, Shortland Street, as I think as you've told me it's called Shorties, um, basically made global headlines in March due to the cliffhanger of an episode. Please, people, Google this. I'm sure... I mean, Jimmy Kimmel did a skit on this, so like, it's going to be found on there, where basically the end of an episode involved a teenage boy coming home with his teenage girlfriend, obviously wanting to go off and, you know, ooh, let's go hook up, only to discover that his dad was home. The dad sends the girlfriend away before grabbing the tablet and goes, oh, did you know that your phone sunks up to your tablet? Tell me this isn't your penis! And then it, like, closes. Like, it's, you know, the dramaticest ending in the world. Is this just what happens every night on New Zealand TV? It's a hell of a cliffhanger. You've got to give it that. But the, the thing is, like, I heard about that, and I don't know what the follow-on of that was. Well, I was going to ask was you, was it his penis? Uh- <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. That's something you're going to need to research, because I don't watch Shortland Street, so I do not know if that was his penis. But, you know, if I, if I was a betting man, I would say it was his penis. <laughs> Oh, that is just that is just gold. Like, look, you know, I think you kind of made the reference that like it makes Home and Away look like you know an HBO award winning drama. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> I mean, from the the New Zealand TV that I experienced when I was with you, it was like, uh, I mean, your comedy shows were quite funny. You had like that panel show that we watched. I think uh, that was quite funny. Um, but then there was like a sketch comedy show which wasn't funny. Um, but I mean, this is, you're a country that produced Flight of the Concords and, um, what was that movie we were talking Curse of the, the Were People, the Wilder People. Like, I mean, you guys are funny oh, people, yeah. yet, like, I don't think Shorties is meant to be a comedy, is it? <laughs> no, definitely not. It, you know, it's your, it's your typical kind of soap opera show, you know, but it's, the problem is, is it's done on a pretty limited budget, I think, and the acting has been notoriously bad for years. That's the whole, that's the whole point of it, I think, is, and people just get sucked in because they come home, sit on the couch, they turn it on, and then can't be bothered getting up again. I think that's the only thing how these things ever really catch on, you know? I, I I'm, I'm literally I've literally googled Shortland Street penis um, so I'm really looking forward to my Google history in like a couple of weeks time when I completely forget about this conversation um, yeah that's right I'm, tr- I'm trying to I'm trying to see um, if it is his penis um, it's I need I need to know Nick <laughs> I'm so like I'm so intrigued. You're on, you're on Tinderhook. I, I, I am. Um, <laughs> social media users talk to Twitter, took to Twitter to expose their shock at the cliffhanger. Um, it's not telling me the answer. Um, for the context, the actual storyline is a lot less slapstick and way more serious that you would believe. Um, uh, uh, yeah, this really isn't telling me the answer. Okay, this is something... We're going to have to end this on a cliffhanger because I, I couldn't even tell you. We should have really come into this more well-prepared. So, I mean, basically what we've learned in two weeks of um, 
you know, returning is to to hearing about New Zealand is that you like to put pizza uh, spaghetti on your pizza. And uh, you like to end your shows on discovering whether or not it's somebody's penis or not. It was his penis. There we go. Okay. Apparently it was his penis. Oh, phew. All right. I can sleep well tonight. Uh- <laughs> Glad we cleared that up, Nick. Well, we've got it sorted. Now you know. I mean, that that was my guess as well, you know. <laughs> yes. No, Dad. That's my Fred Bryan's penis. And that opens up a whole other storyline. <laughs> Anyway, maybe maybe we need yeah. to maybe we need to on our uh, on our show, the Oz Network, available via iTunes and Stitcher, uh, start a weekly Shortland Street recap. Oh God, no, God, no, <laughs> no, that is that is not a good idea. Can somebody please start a Shortland Street podcast and call? Tell me, this is your penis. Like that's the name of the podcast. That is that is right. Yeah, no, there. that's 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 not a good idea. So so Ben, I'm just I'm just wondering, are you able to get onto Facebook right now? I can go wherever you want me to, Nick. Why? What's on Facebook? Okay, I'm just I'm just I'm just sending you a message. Okay. So I think I think once you get that message, is go on is, is open it up right. and I just want to hear your reaction. Okay, let's let's check this out. Nick Chester, one message. Uh what have we got here? Foodinaminute.co.nz mini spaghetti pies. Uh, what is this recipe takes the concept of spaghetti on toast and turns into little pies that little fingers and mouths won't be able to resist um is this like in reaction to to bill english's pizza or is this a new zealand thing no i think it's just like food in a minute is like one of our like you know everybody uses it for recipes and stuff and it just like it cracked me up the other day because it just came up on my you know my facebook feed it was like (laughs) here's some spaghetti recipes it's like yeah bill english is not particularly weird like we put spaghetti in everything apparently well well i mean is this website not misleading uh it's foodinaminute.co.nz i'm reading here prep time 10 minutes cook time 30 minutes uh that's false advertising new zealand Yeah, it seems like a lot for spaghetti, doesn't it? It actually seems quite nice, to be honest. They, they look pretty good. Uh, recipes by Dice Swan. Hello, Dice Swan. Uh, mate, these are good. Um, so... But if, you, if, you're on that, if you're on that website and you type in spaghetti, it will bring up an incredible array right, of let's... recipes. So spaghetti, spaghetti, bacon and cheese toasty, spaghetti and egg pies, <laughs> beef and bean spaghetti bolognese, um, spaghetti loaf, Sp- I mean, try hash brown. Spaghetti bro- loaf. Tasty <laughs> Spaghetti and cheese pin pinwheels, spaghetti pizza pie, like they're all on. I did. I thought spaghetti was Italian. I didn't realize it was from New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, this is the great New Zealand cuisine of spaghetti. Yeah, <laughs> spaghetti yeah. and L and P. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mix it all together. <laughs> wow, this is great. Um, I think I think we need to turn this segment into. Uh, Nick Chester updates on Shortland Street and what we can cook with spaghetti this week. <laughs> yeah, I think I might be all out of it, all out of material though. It was like a one a one time show. Uh, well, this sounds quite nice actually. Smoked chicken and courgette carbonara. Yum! All right, I'm getting hungry now, Nick. Um, this is fun. I'm always intrigued to find out. Hopefully, by the time we talk next week uh, or whenever we get you back on the show, New Zealand will not have another ex tropical cyclone. Stop sending your ex cyclones to New Zealand, world. Yeah, please don't. Let's press a button for you. This is like a dream. 
Oh, flashing back. We always like to flash back. And this time we're going back to the year of 2013 for a little segment we like to call Bum Groping the People's Rug. At least that was what we called it on our best old CD. Now, of course, across the years, we had plenty of uh, big name guests in the studio. And when the Hobart Hurricanes started playing in the Big Bash, once a year, we generally get a couple of the players in the studio just to talk about their time in the in the league and just talk about everything that's going on. Uh, the year that we did this uh, back in the year 2013, we had Evan Gulbis and Aidan Blizzard in studio, two Hurricanes players at the time. And uh, we were talking to them a little bit about uh, Doug Bollinger, who at the time played for the Hobart Hurricanes, and just what it was like to, I guess, work with a man who was very well renowned for having a certain added piece of hair on top of his head. What do, what does Doug have to say about uh, some of these videos and everything else relating to the rug? Does anything other topics come up besides the damn rug on his head? Uh, look, I think Doug's uh, a classic case of the best form of defence is attack. So uh, you bring something up and Doug's all over it already. So it kind of dampens your um, your strategies at times, but there's nothing to do with Doug. And, um, and the rug, obviously... He was, uh, I think, famously had a, a, a champagne bottle of Bollinger um, when he first got it. I think he just got engaged as well or, or might have even been married. But um, he looked KFC hotspot. There's a couple of uh, videos there from the Chennai guys when he's over in the IPL trying to pull his, pull his rug off. So, um, look, I think there's a few people in world cricket that have actually had some, some rug action. But um, maybe we need to just get hotspot out and just scan around the field on a hot day and... And see who's actually had some work done and who hasn't. There's, um, I'm one of the players. My tro- troops are starting in March. I've got some some Ford pockets in the front of the hair there, <laughs> but um, look, I haven't I haven't been around to that yet. But um, Dougie's definitely uh, a great character for us. And um, look, he's going to embrace Doug the Rug. I think that you could really dig up some dirt and um, he'll fully embrace it. We have to. We're going to start something with the people's rug perhaps tomorrow night. We'll get people to bring some signs along to the uh, to Blunston Arena. Perhaps maybe if he gets a couple of wickets tomorrow night, you can try what the Chennai, Chennai boys did and try and pull it off. How does that sound? Really go for the real rip oh, well, of it that's off. Your, that's your task. That's your task tomorrow, Evan. Done. Done. We're going to watch out for it. We really will because we we've really we t- we tend to notice the bum gropes because I think that really kind of spurs the boys on a little bit. But with Doug, really, it would be the hair grope, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would. I think uh, the bum tap is just a standard blokey thing to do. <laughs> um, but the the rug, I haven't I haven't really thought about the rug too much. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe we could give Gobbler a task between such and such over just to um, to pull his hair, so everyone's aware that. Just he's even if he doesn't do get it. a wicket, maybe that's kind of that really pumps up Dougie. Just go up to him well, at some point. Just go, come on, date, go for it. it. It could work. I think I think we go for the bum t- uh, bum tap a little bit more with guys like Painey in the team. They don't like their hair touched no, too much. No, so no. I think um, definitely with Doug, we can. He does we can a lot get of sports it. as well. He's yeah. does a little self indulgent well, when it comes to his yeah. body. <laughs> well, we're going to be we're going to be looking out for it tomorrow night. Given that we can't really do the commentary, Sam and I are going to be sitting there with the, with the tally board, and we're going to go. Okay, that was at least three touch three bum gropes, but five rug gropes. Rug gro- does that does that sound appropriate? Really? Yeah, it's appropriate. I'd like to um, I'd like to know the stats on uh, on how many bum touches a lot of the boys do. Okay. Um, if you, you come up with some sort of hardball gets um, running around the outside, if we put it into football terminology, <laughs> I think um, I'd be quite surprised to, to see the numbers and we the could stats. do the analysis of that. Sam, we've got a footage map of where where the bum taps are happening. Yeah, yeah. the hot spot. Yeah. Really, yeah. you can probably yeah. get Lucy down there to help you out as well. Yeah, she'd be quite you good. You, well, you can go train with Ricky today, yeah, perhaps. I mean, we work for the 
ABS. I'm sure we can. Yep. Yeah, you can get yeah, the statistics up. That'd be great. Yep. Yeah. Look at, look we'll at make this. sure that Ricky's involved as well, so that there's some sort of um, <laughs> yeah. stimulation there for you. Does having uh, former Australian Test captains help with uh, inspirational bum gropes? I'm sure he's been around the world and provided some great bum gropes over his Test career. I oh, surely he see he would have seen the best and the worst of them, so it's always going to be handy. <laughs> he's a, he's always good at critiquing people's techniques, so maybe we could um, bring that up with him today. And um, he said he wants to be a coach, so well he could probably <laughs> bum grope coach. coach the bum tap. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, maybe tomorrow night post match that uh, when we're in the field, whoever we're chatting to, I'm sure one of you guys is going to be mad at the match tomorrow, so we'll be uh, chatting to you no doubt after the game. That will be the first question we ask. Uh, how did the bum grope and the rug gropes go? Yep. Be prepared for, the, good. for the, the strong question. Always was one of our fun times, definitely having uh, the players in the studio and uh, definitely brings back some very good memories of our time on the brink. <laughs> it's the part of the episode where you feel a little bit sick in your stomach because it's time to hear everybody's least favourite 15-year-old. It's Dakota Leary. Hello, Dakota. I'm 18. <laughs> hey, Ben. I love how like my voice got really, really high and you kind of reciprocated that with your own highness. I like that. Good job. Yeah, that's exactly why I did it. You, you think that was planned, but uh, <laughs> it clearly wasn't. Um, now, look, before we get angry, we always get angry in our segments because that's how we roll. Um, I have some positive news, sort of, to call oh. Um, sort of. Sort oh, okay. of, yeah. I mean, you and I love news.com.au. Who doesn't? Uh, yeah. Nobody. We do. Because it's shit. Favourite website. Uh, <laughs> I visit it every day before I go to work and do my thing. I just, ah, oh, straight on to news.com.au. What stuff is happening around the world? Well, the, the sad fact is I actually do visit it every day. I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> I seriously think my life every time I go to it. But um, a bit, bit of a win during the week, Dakota. Now, um... Basically, kind of long story short, for, for Survivor fans out there, they love the show. Of course they do. I won't spoil what happened. There was a big episode happened of Survivor during the week. A very controversial thing happened. So controversial, it was at one point the second biggest story on news.com.au on the day. Why not? Oh. Now, um, their entertainment reporter basically wrote about the episode. Fair enough. But they, they kind of misleaded the readers in terms of what actually happened. Uh, they basically implied uh, at one point that the host, Jeff Probst, took it under himself to deliberately kick someone off the show, a fact which did not happen. So I, being myself uh, a douchebag, basically tweeted said reporter and said, Oi, douchebag, you got it wrong. <laughs> Uh, maybe not in those words, but I probably should have. Yeah. Uh, to which said douchebag wrote back to me and said, no, I didn't watch the episode. And I wrote back, I did watch the episode. You got it wrong. This is what happened. To which said douchebag replied with, oh, sorry, we'll fix that. So I, and they did. They actually <laughs> fixed him. it. So can I just point awesome. out, it's a win for the world that news.com today do. Awesome. Listen to me, Dakota, I would high five you right now, but we beat news.com today oh, you during the week. That's, we did it. We did it. We finally did it. Oh, I'm sticking up my feet. I'm, on, I'm going on the website right now. I'm going to go on the website. Bear with me. Oh, yeah. Just bear with me. I'm a bear and yep. I'm with you. News. Dot not that hard to spell. Com. <laughs> dot au. Uh, load quickly. It, it's quick, dropped. It's dropped down now. The, the day of recording this, it has dropped down the page. Okay. It's no longer the second. It's like right. the sixth biggest story now. No wait. Here we go. <laughs> News.com.au. Here's my hand. I'm putting down four fingers, <laughs> and where only my middle finger remains. <laughs> Front 
front is now facing my phone and news.com.au. I am now turning my hand around so the back of my middle finger is facing news.com.au. Wow. So... Have that. So, so technical. Have that. Look, I'm telling you now, Dakota, this should be a daily thing that you and I just tweet news.com today, you and try and win every day. I mean, we can't get ahead of ourselves, but I'm taking this. I'm taking this as a big win for ourselves. Is this the one, the worst thing anyone has done? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Basically, how it kind of... So, I mean, I guess, long story short, initially it read, and I've, I've still got this screenshot... The headline was, The Worst Thing Anyone Has Done, and it was followed by, Spoiler alert, a contestant on US Survivor has done something so disgraceful, host Jeff Probst had to immediately evict them, which was completely false. Jeff Probst did not evict them. He asked the tribe what they would like to do, to which they said, yes, we would like to vote this person out, to which Jeff Probst said, okay, let's do that. So it was misleading to the point... And I, my, my tweet actually read, Hey, news.com today, you. Misleading much. Jeff Probst didn't have to immediately evict them. It was a tribal decision. At Bond, Nick Bond, that's the name of the journalist. Hello, Nick Bond. Hashtag survivor. Nick Bond, douchebag, replied to me, Hello, Ben. Jeff Probst skipped the tribal vote and booted him out himself. We don't need to vote. Grab your torch. I replied... After polling them first to grab a unanimous decision, your su- your subtitle implies it was Prote's decision on the spot, something which he didn't do. To which douchebag Nick Bond replied, "Fair point, mate. We'll amend that." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's actually so good, right? Like that is that is that is the biggest victory ever. Like, <laughs> so, oh, oh yeah, fair point. Oh yeah, cool. I, I'm calling Oops, it the fuck. history of the year, yeah. the world. That's great. The, the universe. That is the biggest thing to ever happen. It's quite a good thing. Right? Uh, right? I'm happy with that. Yeah, so yeah. there we go. Um, Nick Bond, you're a douchebag and learn how to write. Uh- <laughs> exactly. Oh, anyway, uh, so uh, what else has happened during the week, Dakota? If I ever see angry? you on the street, Nick Bond, I swear to God, I'll punch you. <laughs> anyway. Wow, this just got violent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Are you just going to randomly walk up question? to men on the street and be like, is your name Nick Bond? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Punch. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's a word of advice to people out there. If some random little 15-year-old comes up to you and asks a unique bond, just say no. I'm 18. I'm not that little. Yeah, you're, you're lying size. to me. Um, I Before we get angry, uh, look, you know, we, we talk about Formula One because you and I are fans of that sport. Um, Fernando Alonso is going to race in uh, the Indy 500. Yeah. What, what's your I'm take on that? I'm so excited about I'm so excited about that. It's going to be so good. Um, I think McLaren's Indy car is a bit better than their fucking um, <laughs> Formula One car. Um, I think your car that you drive is better than their Formula One car. Well, <laughs> I mean, my car and their car are quite similar in the fact that they break down quite quite a lot. True, um, true. Yeah. I think um, the mouse my hand on right now is better than their Formula One car because you know what this mouse doesn't do? Break down. No, that's... Got him there, didn't mm, you? Got him gone. Piss off, you're out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bang, bang. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, IndyCar. It's going to be interesting. Do you but, watch um, the Indy 500, Dakota? I haven't ever been able to, but... <laughs> You I'm sound so excited. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. Have you watched it? 
Nah, I never watched it, but it's good. <laughs> no, but I like, I've seen, like, obviously highlights of it and stuff on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, but I haven't actually watched a race live before. Until now. Um, until, yeah, now. Well, we don't know yet, because I might not still. <laughs> you might be doing something that weekend. <laughs> See, exactly, yeah. You don't, you don't make assumptions like that. So true. Sorry, just... Dakota. I apologise. I, I apologise formally for that. That was very rude of me. Who am I? Who am I? Nick Bond? Yeah, exactly. Uh, can that that should just be a running joke. <laughs> That's the new if thing now. Just, Made a mistake. Who are our... you, Nick Bond? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. That should. Yep. Yeah. That's going to be a thing. Um, speaking of mistakes, let's get into this segment. Ben oh, yeah. and Dakota get angry. Ah! Ow! That glass got me in the eye this week. Um, oh, did it? I Shit. Just... Are you okay? No, I'm not. But we'll roll with it. Uh, oh. Do you want to go first? Okay. Do you want to go first? Um. You know what makes me angry? What? Drivers, they can't drive. They're idiots. I had, um, you know, the Kmart intersection. Yes. Yes. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, it's an intersection with near four Kmart. things near Kmart. <laughs> um, I had a woman. She was like, "Ah, oh, the light's green. I'll go." The light goes red. Um, while she's in the middle of the intersection, and she stops there. <laughs> she stops in the middle of the intersection. Therefore, like, no one can go, so they have to wait a full cycle before she goes again, so no one can go at all. Who is ever. she, Nick Bond? No, she's just an idiot. You know what makes me angry? What? Motorbike riders. I had one driving down, I was driving today, and it decided it wanted to ride my ass because apparently my car has a very nice ass. I just wanted to pull over and say, do you want to come in my car, mate? You may as well, you're that close to me. You know what makes me angry? What? Motorbike riders. <laughs> I they pass you in the most stupid places. And I had a guy pass me. I was going up Telosa Street and he was like, oh, this guy's going too slow because the speed limit is apparently too slow for them. <laughs> um, so he went to overtake me and as he was overtake me, he did a wheelie as well. You know what I makes me angry? What? Telosa oh, Street. Like, yes. just don't exist because you're, you're stupid and you and Chapel Street are like the centre of Glenorchy and we all know that's where shit happens because it's shit and just don't be streets. Um, what else are they meant to do? <coughs> Change just their names. Tolosa Street. <laughs> okay, but they'll still be the same streets. Anyway, your turn. <laughs> no. What is, you know what, what makes me what? angry? What? Ben Waterworth. Coming up with stupid things and letting Dakota get angry that don't make sense. Rethink your anger, Ben. You may as well be Nick Bond. Exactly. Um, uh, you know on, there's not meant to be silence in this segment, Dakota. Get angry. <laughs> I just said you know what makes you angry. You what? Didn't you? What? What you makes, what makes, makes you angry? angry? You know what makes me angry? What? When Ben constantly interrupts me all the time. You know what makes me angry? What? Nick Bond. You're a douchebag. You know what makes me angry? What? I can't even... Oh, Gumtree! Gumtree makes me angry. Why? Because people don't, people don't reply to you. What I are you really trying to buy on Gumtree? I was trying to buy a video game and they were all like, oh, I just, I'm just not going to reply to this person because <laughs> fuck him. You know what makes me angry? What? TV networks. You're a fuckhead. Any, any <laughs> TV network in particular, Ben? Move on. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> any any TV network in particular, Ben? No, no. Uh, you, you, you're going to get angry. Keep going. Any TV network in you particular, You know what makes me angry? 
What? Dakota, he won't get angry and move on. Hey, Ben. Yes. Any TV network in particular? You know, it still makes me angry. <laughs> Dakota Leary, <laughs> just get on with the segment. Um, oh, what else makes me angry? Hurry Please. up. Um, you know what makes me angry? What? Yes. That's enough said, really. You don't need to explain. That's just, that's just, yeah. you know. You know what makes me yeah, angry? What? Josh Thomas, he's not funny. Uh, you know what makes me angry? What? Religious people. Yes. Um, there's more to this. Um, I hope so. Did you see, like, have you seen around that, oh, that, that cross equals heart I stuff did, yes, everywhere? That, I did see that, uh, yes. So basically to explain to our listeners who aren't in Hobart, um, on Thursday before Easter, they uh, they decided to hire a sign, right? It was a Hillsong church, apparently, and they put a giant okay. uh, cross equals love heart in the skies of yeah. Hobart. And because that was the biggest thing to happen in Hobart this year, yeah, it was, uh, everybody yeah. was sharing this on. So, oh, my God, there's a sign writing in the sky. Yeah. Oh, I'm hoping that, like, some random um, Christian somewhere doesn't know what's going on, <laughs> looks at the sky and is like, oh, my God, it's a sign. Oh, my God. And so it's just like... You know, you know what I actually took it as? I actually thought that it was a it was a fan of maths and they're just very big fans of addition. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you could have put <laughs> subtraction, multiplication or division, but no, they, 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 they get wet for, for addition. Clearly. You know? <laughs> Duh. That is like, holy shit, I love adding numbers together. Holy fuck, I'm going to uh... hire a sign writer. Oh dear! That that ended that segment pretty quickly. Yeah, I think I think so. <laughs> Dakota, uh, thank you for joining us. And on this very religious weekend, uh, may Nick Nick Bond continue to be a douchebag. Cool. We already played one of these. Let's play this again. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favorite game show. It's forget the lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Oh, you just can never get sick of that introduction. Now you heard a solo from myself. Let's hear a solo from Dakota. He uh, did a lot of different ones across the day, and uh, this was his one to the song "Self Esteem" by The Offspring, and. Uh, I think this turned out pretty good, so uh, I'm not really going to say much more. Let's just hear Dakota do it. Get my guitar up. Hang on. And my drums. No, 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 no. There's cars on a highway. I don't know why. It's a bit weird. Karaoke video thing. Don't like that. I got a call from Brian yesterday He said, hey man, you want to go get some breakfast? I asked when, he said tomorrow I asked what time, he said around nine Hey man, can you pick me up? My car don't work and I'd have no ma- Um, I don't know where I was going with that Hey man I said, yeah, I can. But can you lend me some petty cash? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, man. Yeah, I can. I can give you some cash for petrol. Oh, yeah, of course I can. Hey, where do you want to go? 
I reckon we should go to At It's Espresso. It's a cafe in town. He says, don't like it that much. I said, well, how about you decide? He says, I don't know. It's up to you. I said I suggested a place He said he didn't like it He's basically like a girlfriend You tell them where you want to go And they say I don't care And then when you suggest a place They say that they don't like it. I think I'm done, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's improving a little bit, actually. It seems like he'd been practising over the couple of years since we uh, have done Forget the Lyrics, Uh, and you know we've got one more to play for you, so you're going to stay tuned for that one coming up very soon. It's a very intermittent segment on the brink, but it doesn't matter because this is a man who was there on day one, the man who stuffed up when we went on air, and to this day, I like bringing that story up, even though it was 13 years ago. Uh, it's Joshua Shoebridge. Welcome back to uh, your show. I'm, I'm not going to say the brink. I mean, you are half of the brink. Uh, so, welcome back to your show. <laughs> Thank you. My bruh or ink? Um, you, you can be the bruh. And I can be the ink because it's kind of like stink, and that's generally what I do. Uh, so. and, and going on what you just said, do you know what else is stuffed up? What? A lot of teenage girls. Just have to say that. Um, in what reference? <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We were talking about, okay, just a, a bit of context for everyone. Ben and I have been on on our, like, just chatting for the past 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And in that 20 minutes, we have discussed things from people we met at school, <laughs> people we knew from school, things about them that we wouldn't share on air or in public due to the fact that we may be sued for... <laughs> I wouldn't say um, de- defamation because most of it's true. <laughs> Where are you going with this? <laughs> I'm just explaining that the the jokes that we talk about off-air are... Um, I don't know. Like that, they would not do well if either of us decided to run for federal or state politics. Let's just leave it at that. Hey, hey the, there's only one person on this conversation right now who's actually run for politics, <laughs> and it's not me. <laughs> I'm in a rural area. Most of my jokes are found funny by the people here, and, and if they don't find them funny, they're greens. Um, okay, well, on that note, um, it's, uh, what do you want to talk about? We haven't even worked out what we're talking about. So, uh, life, uh, <laughs> what's going on in Josh land? <laughs> um, I went to Sydney and walked the Harbour Bridge the other day. Oh, that, that sounds fun. Did, I mean, did you do like the, the bit where you went over the top bit or did you just were bored and walked across it like a pedestrian? No, I was sort of tied into the fact that my family wanted to walk across the flat bit right. like every other normal cheapskate nong. <laughs> and the only people that were about to go over, like, you know, like over the top were the older kids because they were being absolute brats. Right, so you shoved them in suits and made them walk over the top is that essentially what you did 
parenting 101. No, I almost, I almost just grabbed them by the scruff of the neck and threw them over the barbed wire down with the drink. <laughs> Justin, so, I ask you a personal you want, question. <laughs> of course. Do you love your children? <laughs> Some days. <laughs> Spoken and like a true parent. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, okay, let, let's just clarify the situation. I'm about, what, six months older than you, five months older than you, whatever. Um, and I have not had a child, at least that I know of. I mean, there could be little Bens running out there um, to all those women. Yeah, heaven help us. Um, you know, maybe I'll find out one day. You, you've produced two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've produced two. Yeah, I can see my name on the credits. Yeah, produ- executive producer. Schubert. Produced by... <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Schubert. Hey, that written, <laughs> written and edited by. I, I when I was when I was in um, primary school, I got known as the guy who would write TM after my name. So like, I would write Ben TM. That was primary like, school. You did you did that in a high shut school. Shut up! You all right, primary school. College. Go with it. Don't talk about high school. I was grown up by then. But like, I think <laughs> like my friend Nick. He would then write like Nick since 1987. <laughs> I think from now on, you need to write Joshua Shoebridge, produced by Cheryl and Wayne Shoebridge. <laughs> Just, just on, just on this whole when in primary school and when in high school crap. Weren't you the one, Benjamin? Yeah, I'm who would up. wear, who would wear odd shoes yeah, to school? What's wrong with that? <laughs> you didn't know me in grade seven. All right, you want to know what I did in grade seven? Uh, I used to walk around with FBI badges and pretend I was an X Files agent. <laughs> Why is that so? That is just that is, that is so funny. I don't know why that is as funny. Well, as it because is. that came from in, in primary school. Uh, so my friend and I we used to play X Files because why not? That's what all kids did in 1999. Uh, so like we we went out and made you know like proper FBI badges and walked around and we had like a fake gun and everything and we were cool. And then of course we went to Newtown High and thought that this would totally catch on. And no wonder I spent four years getting the shit beaten out of me. (laughs) And you worked in the library. Hey, I will defend that. That was an important job. (laughs) How would you gotten your book checked out, Josh? (laughs) I can't talk. I did the same thing. Do you you remember, um, what was her name? Was it Miss Reading? Reading? Was it Miss Reading? Um, What was her name? I, the one after, I remember him because he was a... Oh, Mr. Beamish. Of- <laughs> Beamish! <laughs> he was okay. He was a bit... He was he was hit and miss. But, yeah, Miss... And you had Miss Gardner, and then Miss Reading was like the... Um, reader or reading? She was like the um, the assistant. And we used to jokingly say that there would be a, a Miss Reading doll because all she would say is like, Ah, oh, boys. Ah, oh, Ben, don't do that. <laughs> It was just always, apparently it was always me doing bad things. But, uh, yeah, boomish. <laughs> Can I just point out, it does nothing for your street cred at an all-boys high school working in a library. <laughs> no, not that I not. had street cred at any point at Newtown High School. But, um... 
Do you know the the, the Mr. Howard? Do you remember Mr. Howard? Um, possibly. He was one of he was one of the English teachers, uh, and he look he looked like the actor John Howard from vaguely, Always Greener. Vaguely, but he like this big guy, and you'd expect him to have this. Um, real like booming voice, but instead he's like, "Hello, boys. My name's Mr. Howard. How are you today?" <laughs> Sounds like a pedo. <laughs> Come here, boys. Bring me your English assignment. <laughs> I need to read over it thoroughly. Oh, <laughs> oh, where are we going? This is what happens when you like start a segment. What do you want to talk about? Somehow we start referring to our old English teachers as pedophiles. Um, that's. <laughs> How it rolls. It's funny, actually, because, uh, you know, another good friend of ours, former co-host on the show, Samuel McCrossan, um, spent a lovely weekend with him a week or so ago. Like, not a romantic one. We like we were driving places to the V8s with Manly. Um, he was uh, telling me about a story, because he was a couple of years ahead of us in, in Newtown High, about a story of a student of his who took a shit on uh, somebody t- one of the teacher's desks. Um, <laughs> What happened to us in in our little innocent year? But um, okay, uh, who, who, which teacher copped that oh, um, assignment? I want to say Mr. Minchin. Um, yeah, he would have. Yeah, I, I never got on with him. <laughs> we're, we're losing both our listeners right now while we just have a reminiscent session about high school. Yeah, uh, but th- this can be funny. That's the thing. <laughs> if, yeah. <laughs> It's, um, yeah, Newtown High. Did we ever told the story on air about how you and I met? That was a very nice story, wasn't it? Like We were, we were sitting on the fence yeah. watching people play... Um, Pridgen Squash. Pridgen Squash. Was it Pridgen? Pridgen Squash. Pri- yeah, it was Pridgen Squash. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd been at school all but like a day. Mm-hmm. No, two. it was like my second or th- third day at Newtown. And I continue. I was continually late to class because I could not find my way around that <laughs> flipping school. It's a lot bigger than what those f- big schools are in Norfolk. <laughs> in Norfolk. Norfolk. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that change happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so you're sitting on the fence. I'm sitting on the fence. And didn't I comment about you'd hurt your knee or something like that? Yeah, no, because I was still recovering from getting bashed with a baseball bat. Which is a standard thing for New Norfolk. Um, if it doesn't happen, that makes news. <laughs> oh, it's currency. That's what In it is. In breaking news, no one got bashed by a baseball bat today. <gasps> no! <laughs> that's like an anti... That's an anti thing right there. In breaking news? Come on, mate. <laughs> In breaking news, chicken feed shop front was smashed oh, don't, today. Don't bring up chicken feed. That still makes me sad. <laughs> Well, the the lady who owned it's gone on and made shiploads. No, she's the, no the lady who owned it ran chicken feed into the ground, and her ex uh, disgruntled employee started shiploads. Um, I thought, no, okay, well, no, I don't fuck know. Jan Cameron. I'm, Excuse me, I know you might be rich, but you ruined chicken feed. You can get fucked. Uh, but yeah, anyway, yeah, so you had a sore it, leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did, and we bonded, and the rest is history. It was romantic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah, there, 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 there was there was doves and mariachis and all that Celine sort of thing. Dion playing in the background. <laughs> Can I actually just on Celine Dion? Like one thing I want to point out. Like there we go. We've I told wouldn't the story. want anything on Celine Dion. Well, 
there's a point to this. Bear with me, bear with me. Um, so, you know, we, we talked said. a little bit about Titanic off air. Uh, don't bag out Titanic. It is a brilliant film. Turns 20 years old this year. Screw you if you rip shit into it. Um, but the meme that I love is the everything's better with the Titanic theme in the background. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, it is. It is. That is a Not- fun meme. <laughs> the... The the hallway scene from Rogue One yes. was was given a, a an updated soundtrack earlier in the week and it was to um is it um Yep Supersonic Man from Queen. I think that's the name of the song. Uh um, Supersonic Man, I don't know that song by Queen. Uh, but... it's Give us a song. What the Sing hell us. is it? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now 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 you've got me um Needing to Google it now. This is this, this is again any professional uh, podcast would edit this out, but no, we're the brink. We keep it in. No, we 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 keep it live. That's what we do. Rogue One. This I'm not Rogue One. Uh, so no, no, that's not what's called. Darth Vader. Jeopardy music. Dun, dun, dun. Darth Vader. Hallway. Dun, 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 Queen. Dun, 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 Are you? <laughs> Shut up. Distracting. <laughs> Don't stop me now by Queen. Don't stop. Yeah, okay. Well, that's... Yeah. That- yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it made the scene a hundred times more brilliant. It's... I mean... So, the- like, it... Music is everything. It's. I mean, it's like the Titanic one works well. Like they do it like with sporting moments. But um, yeah, I haven't seen that one. The one that I really like is uh, the Shooting Stars meme, which I don't know if you. I don't think you would know the song Shooting Stars by Bag Raiders. But it's it's that one where kind of people take a freeze frame of like somebody falling and then they put it to that. Yeah, no, it's 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 it was all over the the late. And great vine, yeah, that that used to be around. It's like, yeah, it was something, yeah. And the, the truth with that song, Josh, that song is actually quite old. That's an Australia bag raiders are an Australian sort of dance group. Probably been around for eight years, but with the success of that meme, kind of in 2017, they actually charted in like the US dance charts in the top ten. You know, and this song's old, so like that's how powerful a meme can be. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if my heart will go on by Celine Dion all of a sudden cracks the top ten randomly again. Yeah, it'll end up being like this techno mix that gets played over the top or something. Which, it should, can I just say, it should always be in the top ten, all right? Hashtag Celine Dion for top ten. Of all time, most annoying songs. Hey, hey, um, what did I tell you about Ribbit in the Titanic? I won't take any of it. Well, um, screw you. <laughs> you and I, you and I, uh, when you saw, remember when like you were still down in good old Tasmania? And we went and paid money to go and see Phantom Menace again in 3D because we were the only ones there. Uh, I did a similar I had thing. No, I had no problem with that at all. And look, I like, would do uh, it again. Uh, it, it, <laughs> oh, yeah. Same here. But in 2012, I went with uh, one of our former co-hosts, Anthony, paid money to go and see Titanic in 3D. And can I just say, it was worth every penny. <laughs> did you get to hold his hand and kiss him? Well, look, I was more focused on Kate Winslet's boobs in 3D. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, no, 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 now now, now you're, you're talking about something that 3D actually sort of should work out. <laughs> it's coming right at me. Literally. 
I don't know what else we can talk about. We've kind of... I mean, that's one thing that I was hoping that you could do for this episode for me, Josh, and it's just completely up to you. Are you able to text Arnie to see if we can bring Arnie back in? It's been a while since I've heard that... Yeah, he can... He, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, all right. Well, he'll, he'll be on soon. He'll be on soon. All right. He'll be well, on Will you text right. him? We'll get that, we'll get that rolling uh, very shortly. Um, just, uh, I guess... Um, you know, at the time of recording this, it's about to be Easter. At the time of this being released, Easter's gone. Um, as a Mormon, um, what's Easter? Like, do you guys, like, take your extra wives and your special underwear and, like, give each other lots of... But- I really... That was a bad joke. I'm really sorry. I don't know what to ask about Mormons and Easter. Uh- <laughs> uh, okay, with, with us, um, this is an interesting question. Okay, it's a very interesting because, like, if you, you think of most other main Christian religions, mm-hmm. i.e., you've got to go to church on Good Friday and you've got to go to church on Easter Sunday and, you, and on Christmas Day you've got to go to Midnight Mass and blah, blah, blah. If Christmas Day falls on a Sunday, most Mormons try to get out of going to church. <laughs> Why? So, so, because it's just one of those things, like with the, the these like Easter and Christmas. Although we do celebrate them, we are not that weird, weird religion that believes only 144,000 people go to heaven, and that Easter and Christmas are What's that of the devil. Jehovah's Witnesses, oh, the ones mate. that I get you guys confused with. Okay, sorry. Continue. Yeah, yeah, and we we yes we celebrate. We see them as an important. Important thing in our in our Western tradition, we see we see it as important for our families to to uh, to, to spend time with each other and, and hell yeah's on the chocolate and whatnot. So, so basically, it's but just it's just it's as it is for any other Christian religion on Easter. It's exactly is exactly right. Okay. Like uh, we we don't believe that Jesus Christ was born on December twenty fifth because, as history notes, that's not the correct date that he was born. We actually believe that he was born on April sixth. Of course. Uh, so happy birthday no, to that, Jesus in the last week. Yeah, yeah, and um, and again, that's that's a basic fundamental Mormon uh, thing. That's what we believe. But like Easter, obviously, it ties in with the Passover. So that's is exactly when it all happened. Like when he died on the cross and was resurrected and all that cool. good stuff. And then, and and when it comes to that part too, like we. We we actually don't even have crosses on any of our uh, in any of our symbology. You have little Joseph all. Smiths, right? Like, um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, if you go into any any Mormon church, you will not see a, um, a cross. I've been I've been into. I went to Mormon church in Salt Lake City. I drank from the cup. I chilled with Mormons for like all day. I was you for a Sunday. So the difference you is, sound like I did John it in Saffron. I did it in Salt Lake City, and you didn't. So na 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 na. I'm Mormon than I'm more Mormon than you are. <laughs> well, well, you know that big ass building that took them forty years to build. Yeah, they're still finishing that it. You, that, you, that you, Ben, were not allowed to enter. <laughs> I have a little card that says I can. And in fact, I went to the one in Sydney the other day, twice. Hey, hey, you know those things called women who I'm not tied down to that you're not allowed to enter? Um, Well, I can, so. (laughs) (laughs) What a way to turn that around. (laughs) And you can actually turn them around too. Funny story. Um, We should end this segment. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what she said. It started off with Josh being racist and it's ending with me being sexist. So, uh, on that note... To... I, don't, I honestly don't think there's anything... Uh, I don't think men can be sexist in this day and age. Because, wow, okay. Uh, because No, no, no. Here's my reasoning for this. Oh. Okay. I'm going to stand right, back. Get this. Get this. Go, be ready for this, like, smackdown of awesome. I'm getting ready for the cutoff button right now. <laughs> okay, it is impossible to be like you know discriminatory or or offensive to 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 things or people who things <laughs> you don't respect so are you referencing women as things <laughs> be careful with your next answer <laughs> i'm going to go on to the fact that it is not normal for something to bleed for okay, seven days Josh Schubert, and not uh, die <laughs> Thank you for your time. Just before you stop there. My oh, wife God. said that to me five days ago. <laughs> she goes, I don't think women are normal. <laughs> we shouldn't be alive. Oh, this, is, of course, will be the one episode that everybody listens to. And... Um... <laughs> Oh yeah, and don't don't think you're the bloody angel in this. Mate. Bring Arnold, bring Arnold, cut, cut. We're bringing Arnold. Josh, thank you for joining us. We are totally glad that uh, Josh left because it means that we can bring in our next person. He texted him. We heard him text him before. Uh, we're still apparently on air. We didn't get arrested for what was said in that segment. But speaking of things getting arrested, no, it's not the Sarge. It's somebody who is probably the only person we've ever had on the brink who is more powerful than the Sarge. I'm hearing some Macho Man in the background. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnie's back. Hello, Arnold. Thank you, Ben. How are you today? Oh, look, um, I'm alive. I'm breathing. Um, that's about all I can say. How, how are you? How are the biceps going today? They're, they're going good. They just got back from their demonstration in Syria. Oh, right. They literally just went by themselves, or were you attached to them at the time? I was part of that uh, 56, you know, muscle man. <laughs> aren't, you, aren't you just all of those 56 muscle men? Arnie. Uh, I'm 53 of them. 53, right, so you've got to at least have three more to Terry Crews went with me. Oh, it's a good guy, Terry Crews. You guys look like you get along quite well. We get along like uh, Milky Way Nutella. <laughs> it's a very interesting combination, Arnie. Um, I've never heard of that one before. Well, <laughs> grow up then. <laughs> how, how? What else has been happening? I mean, how's the Donald? You, you kind of... Have been a bit anti-Donald uh, for a while. Uh, have you made kissed and made up with him, or are you still very anti-Donald? He needs to kiss my ring before I make up to him. <laughs> Which ring are we talking about here, sir? You would like to know, wouldn't you? <laughs> what, what, tell us what is it specifically you don't like about him. You are not meant to wear sheep on your head. You're meant to lift them. <laughs> well, doesn't he lift it every time he lifts his head? I mean, is that kind of same thing or not? That's a, that's a pussy lift. <laughs> a pussy lift. <laughs> is, is there a, is there anything more against him that you don't like? His wife's too hot. She looks like one of my, you know, nurses. Not nurses. What's what's the 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 English word? Doctors? Maid. That's it. Maid. <laughs> oh, maid. <laughs> Whoops. I referred to them as something else. You, so your maid, the one that you slept with and had a child with, is that what you're trying to say? High five. <laughs> how did, how is that going on? Are you still seeing your maid or is there somebody else in the... Because, I mean, you're single now, aren't you, Arnie? No, I'm ready to just drive the tanks and kick some sheep butt. <laughs> right. Are you on Tinder? Uh, is that something that you like to use now that you're single? I am Tinder. You are Tinder. I am Tinder. 
<laughs> so is that why when I log on, it's always like, put the finger down now. We have a little soundscape. We go left, we go right, or you go to Arnie. <laughs> Get to the date. <laughs> Get to- I mean, I could imagine you. I could imagine you do well on Tinder. You just post a picture of yourself, you know, no shirt on. Um, look at me, I'm Arnie. I mean, I could imagine you get pretty lucky on there. I show them my tank. <laughs> Chicks dig the tank. And I, I, I don't doubt you're not actually referring to an actual tank. You are referring to your rig. I'm referring to my T-36, brother. <laughs> right. Um, I, I read a story during the week that you're not going to be involved in the new Predator movie. Uh, is there a reason behind this at all? I killed the Predator. <laughs> I don't need to kill the predator again. So, so basically, once it's done... But, I mean, look, you know, I think you technically... Well, you were the Terminator, so why did you do multiple Terminator movies then? Because there were multiple Terminators. <laughs> you didn't kill John Connor. John Connor got killed. That's why they needed different actors, you idiot. Sarah Connor. Can you give us a Sarah Connor? Sarah Connor. That, that was pretty lame, actually, Arnie. I think you could have done better than that, but... <laughs> Who? Okay, here's a question for you. Now, now that there's no more, you're not the celebrity apprentice anymore. Who's a good replacement for Arnie? Who do, who do you think will be a good replacement for you? Gordon Ramsay. Gosh, <laughs> he'd be pretty good. You know, you're you're bloody fired. You're fucking fired. Like I don't know how would that work. It, it would. We, we, I don't know. <laughs> you're not on the ball today, are you, Arnie? You're a bit different. <laughs> Syria took it out of me. <laughs> Um, did you happen to bump into Josh on the way into the studio today by any chance? If I'd bump into Josh, he'd be dead. How many sheep did you see him with? I don't even know what I'm saying. Do you know what's happening to the sheep capital of the world? I don't know what's happening right now on this segment. <laughs> Getting a cyclone. Oh, New Zealand, yeah, they've got cyclones. That's pretty bad. Excuse me. Um, I don't know what else to. You got anything else to say today, Arnie? I've never heard your voice go so high before. I haven't been lifting the sheep. (laughs) You were laughing too. (laughs) You put the boom boom into the sheep. Um, my stomach hurts, Arnie. What can I do to fix that? <laughs> Close a segment. Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us <clears throat> on the brink today. Thank you, Ben. All right, you've heard it once, you've heard it twice, but the third time is definitely a charm. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. The lyrics are forgetting now. As I said, we did like 13 of these the other day in high noon, so we're only playing three of them. Just be thankful we're not playing all 13 of them for you, but if you do want to hear them, because we know you love them, you can just search for high noon on iTunes or on Facebook, and we posted the whole episode on there for you to enjoy. But, of course, we heard a Dakota solo, a Ben solo. Now we're here, a Ben and Dakota duet. We did one to Uptown Funk. It's a song that is just amazing. And, of course, it deserved the treatment of Dakota and I singing it, apparently to the tune of, uh, well, at least the subject 
of Easter. So uh, here we go. Let's hear Dakota and myself. You've been warned. Singing along to Uptown Funk with the subject of Easter. Eggs. Eggs, 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 chocolate. Eggs, 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 chocolate. Eggs, 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 chocolate, eggs, eggs. Yeah! Eggs, 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 eggs. This song's about Easter with chocolate eggs and chocolate bilbies and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's Easter and Jesus died for our sins, yeah. Sins, yeah, and there's on the cross and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I've lost myself. Yeah! Easter and chocolate. Easter and chocolate. Bilbies and all that kind of stuff. But apparently Easter is going away. I mean, not Easter, but chocolate. But I'm just kind of talking now and not singing. But, you know. Break it down! (laughs) Good job! Uh, Lots of eggs and stuff. Eggs! Eggs! And chocolate... And eggs and chocolate and eggs and chocolate and eggs and chocolate and eggs and chocolate. Ben! Eggs and chocolate and stuff! (laughs) Eggs and chocolate and stuff! Eggs and chocolate and stuff! Eggs and chocolate and stuff! Eat a chocolate. Go to church. See some Jesus in it. Eat some buns and some bilbies. Yo, it's really cool now. Eating chocolate bilbies. Dakota said that a lot. Because you also drink some coffee and eat some hot cross buns as well. Eat chocolate. Get fat. Go to church and see Kevin Bacon. He's not fat. He's really cool and all of that. It's Kevin Bacon on Easter. That's not the topic we're singing about, but it's Easter. It's Easter. It's really cool to be that one. It's lots of chocolate. Dakota's wearing a hat. On Easter True. Because it's a douchey hat. Eating chocolate on your hat. Eating chocolate on your hat. Dakota Leary, you want to sing some more? Yes, I think you really do. Don't take it on my hat. Don't take stuff out of my hat. <laughs> I thought there was something coming up, but there's not. Don't take it out of my hat. Don't. Uh, what? It came at a different time last time. Don't take it out of my hat. Don't take it out of my hat. Don't take it out of my hat. Just eat some chocolate and be ha 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 Alright. Oh, that hurt my voice a bit. I don't know this bit. I'll do it. Yeah. Easter bunny chocolate. Easter and bunny and chocolate. Easter bunny and chocolate. Easter and bunny and chocolate. Bring it down. Easter bunny and chocolate. Easter bunny and chocolate. Easter bunny and chocolate. Don't take it out of my hat. Come on and eat that chocolate. Woo. Eat it down on church. Yeah, we Kevin. Woo. He wants to eat a bilby with your hot cross bun yeah. and chocolate on your hat. Woo. Don't put it on Dakota's hat because Woo. he's not into that. He's Dakota. Yeah. He woo, wants to eat woo, that chocolate. Woo, woo, wants yeah. to, wants to, chocolate. Yo. Chocolate, woo. Yeah. Bilbies and stuff. Eat your chocolate and stuff. Chocolate. You're doing well here. That's good. 
Eat your chocolate and stuff. Stuff. Eat your chocolate and stuff. Chocolate. Eat your chocolate and stuff. Eat. Eat your chocolate and stuff. Stuff. Hey, hey, chocolate. Woo! Oh, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's how get through. <laughs> Whoops. Let's try that again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So excited I blew a trumpet. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, that was so good until I stuck up with the wrong button. Uh, Screw you, CD player. We saved the best for last, clearly. And um, we will no doubt turn that into an Easter anthem, I feel, every single year moving forward. <laughs> that about does it for another episode, episode 21 of the Brinks Rebooted Podcast. Always a pleasure to have your company. We'll be back next week with more Brinkalicious goodness that you can poke a brink and stick at. As always, if you wish to subscribe and stay up to date with all of these episodes, the easiest way of doing so iTunes, just find us on there, search for The Brink, remember to subscribe, you can rate us, you can leave feedback, everything else in between. We are on Stitcher as well, if you are an Android user, do the same on there, subscribe, like, feedback, everything else in the works. Uh, We're also on YouTube, if you ever just kind of are chilling and looking at our videos on there, feel free to head there and uh, I guess look at them on YouTube, because that's generally what you can do. And uh, of course, Brink Unleashed 6.5 Return of Ralph Jenkins is fully available online there for you to enjoy as well, just uh, tagging that on there and uh, I can tell you the Brink Only 7 that is something that is happening very very soon we're, we're pumping them out more so than those Fast and Furious movies geez it's uh, it's really happening uh, thank you for your company today and thanks to all of our guests on the program today to Paul to Nick to Dakota to Josh and to Arnold of course and uh, hopefully we can bring back a similar bunch of eclectic people on our next episode but until we next speak again thank you for your company my name is Ben keep sucking those oranges Hobart and good night night